Well, boys, I don't know, really know what to say. I didn't think, you know, I looked at episode one, didn't know if we we're going to get through that. We got through that. We got to episode three, didn't know we we're going to get through that. But we are now at a big episode number five uh, for the rub. And, uh, you know, kind of a kind of an interesting week in the world of professional wrestling. We're going to talk about uh, a few different topics. But before we get that, um, let's just talk about where you can listen to our podcast. You can definitely get it pretty much anywhere, even on the side of a street corner. It feels like with all the technology that we have in this world. Um, so, but think of all your big ones, Spotify, YouTube, Google play. We have it all there and you can get there. Is that right, Chris? Apple. I forgot Apple. Okay. Well, I obviously forget the biggest ones. Forget uh, Apple. Is there anything else I'm missing here, Chris? Uh, YouTube. We're on YouTube as well. I, I, I got that one, but uh, yeah, that's that's good. We'll, we'll do a double plug on YouTube today. And also, just remember, we do have a website. Uh, sorry, not a website, but an email address that if you do need to reach us, you want to send us some questions. Love to hear some of your topics. You can reach us at the rub at Outlook.com. And uh, like we said, we're here to talk about uh, anything that you guys want to talk or discuss about in the world of professional wrestling and nobody can see my spirit fingers but uh i'm definitely doing them but anyways we have our uh, it's it's the rub oh, the, the rub wrestling the, the, at did we change it com. no it was oh, always man. the rub wrestling i can't wait to get my trophy at the end of the year for world's worst host i just can't wait to get it but anyways just to start i'm gonna sit here and we're gonna introduce our uh world-class panel here we have uh, myself as a host my name's matt um uh, but we do have our uh, our illustrious panel our world-class panel with uh chris and josh chris big week this week tell us something fun that uh fun fact about the week uh that uh started out for the last couple because it's uh we've kind of on a weird schedule for the podcast recently yeah, well, I, I went on strike and then I went off of strike. So now I'm not on strike anymore. Um, went to Barry, finalized some some wedding, some wedding stuff. Uh, what else do we do? Um, Big ups to Chris for getting married. Going to be getting married soon. So good for him. Yeah, booked a booked our honeymoon for um, Columbia. So yeah, so, oh, been, that's sick. It's been a it's been a pretty good uh, it's been a pretty good. Pretty good week for me. Solid. Sounds great. You're going to get out of this uh, shitty weather that we've been having into the nice Colombian sunshine. Josh, what about you? How's your week? Tell us about yourself. What's going on? I heard you. I heard you were at a Jays game for a massive home run that went like four to like the fourth deck or the fifth deck. Were you there for that? No, I was. Uh, I went on Friday. The big bow shot happened yesterday, I think. Um, yeah, game was good. Uh the downside about the uh, pitch clock is that there's not enough time for people to get up and down the aisles in between pitchers or in between batters. So it's, it's annoying. Um, I called some guy a putz because he wouldn't sit down and it was, uh, it was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> like likely if we were thinking about percentage of fisticuffs, what would have been the percentage waste on that putz that was in the, just ahead of you? Oh, 50, 50%. <laughs> I think you saw a foul ball go go into the fifth deck didn't you uh maybe i'm yes you know what there was a monster but i think it was from seattle yeah it was from seattle was it, but it was, who, it was into the fifth was deck. it julio rodriguez no i don't yeah i don't remember who it was yeah it was good we went to the game on friday we didn't get the george springer jersey because uh it was raining and we weren't standing in line there was forty five thousand people there so they're selling out it's that's crazy sack. they have a good team 
Yeah, sports in yeah. Toronto is going crazy. We got the Leafs tonight too. For those of all when the podcast comes out, you'll know that it's going to be Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. So that'll be interesting as well. But we're not a baseball podcast. We're not a hockey podcast. We're a professional wrestling podcast. So boys, let's kick it off. Um, we're going to start off with probably the biggest event that's happened over two nights um, from since probably our last time we we got together, which is obviously the WWE draft. Now the draft sometimes has a tendency to be lame. It has a tendency sometimes to be really really good um generally when we're looking at this topic you know it started on friday night smackdown and went to raw on monday this monday um just what what were your overall thoughts of the draft um and then what we'll do after that we'll do the overall thoughts for each of you and then what we'll do is we're going to come back there'll be a b to this topic which is going to be what do you think are some movers and shakers that are really going to switch up the brand significantly moving forward with uh um, basically, because this is almost like if we're going with real TV, it's like sweeps week, right? So, Chris, what were your uh, your overall thoughts of the, uh, the WWE draft over the two nights? Uh, I liked I liked the guests a lot, to be honest. With you. I thought they had a pretty good, uh, pretty good slate of guests. Um, would I have liked different guests on Raw? I think so, but uh, it was cool to see Eric Bischoff again in in the WWE. Especially, we all know he. He almost died so recently, so it was, it was good to see him. Um, Road Dog had Road Dog had some good lines. I, I I didn't know what to think when he when he said uh, Shawn Michaels is going to lose his smile again. I didn't I didn't think that would be allowed on WWE TV. <laughs> uh, yeah. Josh, what were you, Josh, what were your thoughts on uh, on the draft overall going over both nights? Overall, it was I mean. Nothing too crazy happened. I thought it was good. Um, you know, the fans had a huge pop for Seth Rollins. You know, we, um, Triple H even stopped and paused, you know, to acknowledge that the fans wanted to sing it. Um, Cody going to uh, Raw versus uh, SmackDown. Seems like there's no end to the Roman Reigns feud. Um, but uh, overall, it was it was interesting. This is my first real draft that I've paid attention to. Um, seems like they're doing that stupid, uh, flip with the titles with the women's division, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was good. I liked it. Awesome. Now, so we, we got a lot of the stuff. There's a lot of movement that's going on. And you know what? One of the things with the draft is that you can have a lot of, um, you know, NXT people come up, you can have scenarios where SmackDown moves to Raw, Raw moves to SmackDown. Like I said, it's like, you're basically switching up the entire season. Um, when you're looking at it, Chris, what do you think are some of the big movers and shakers from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw, or um, even some people to free agents now that they have free agency or the NXT call-ups? What do you think was the, was the biz- biggest moves for the shows um, that you thought were, uh, were are going to have the biggest impact on them moving forward? Um, uh, that's a tough question. Um I don't know. I, I I had a couple surprises, uh, like seeing seeing Grayson Waller going after after the shows went off the air was a little surprising to me. I thought he's a guy who could show up to either brand and 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 make an impact, and he's doing good work in NXT. And then to see him just go after Raw goes off the air, uh, a little surprising for me because it seemed like they really built him up in NXT. So that was. That was a little odd for me. Um, seeing Cameron Grimes get to go after, I think we talked about him last podcast as well, that we haven't seen him in a while. He's packed some muscle on. So I think if they use him correctly, um, I, I liked I liked what he was in NXT. Are they going to change that? 
I I guess it's that's you know that's to be seen. Um, Brock Lesnar as the as probably the predominant free agent. Um, one thing I don't understand about the free agents, I don't know if any of you read anything, and maybe you can help me out here. But um, can a free agent wrestle at any show? Uh, a free agent can wrestle on any show until they're signed, generally based on the storyline, until they're signed to the brand that they, they decide to show up to. And uh, so for a lot of them, I think one of the big names that we saw there was Baron Corbin being listed as a free agent. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how kind of some of them do come up as um, uh, to, to either come on the brand. It also, in some cases means that probably you're not really doing great to be on a front line of the show. And some people actually do get released after the draft, um, probably within three months, if it's not going to work out or they're not going to have any storyline plans for them moving forward. So that's generally the case. Okay. Yeah. And it was, uh, I, it was good to see LA and I, you guys, you both know I'm an LA night fan. So to, to have him actually be on the show as a draft pick, I thought, I thought that means maybe they maybe they have a little f- more faith in him than I originally thought. So um, that kind of I'm looking forward to that to see what they do to see what they do with that as well. Cool, Josh. Uh, what do you think about the draft? What do you think are some movers and shakers? Um, we got your overall impressions, but what do you, what do you think are some big names that made a move during the uh, during the two nights? Uh, yeah, I mean with. Uh... Sammy and Kevin going to Raw and the Bloodline going to, like, all of the Bloodline going to SmackDown. Clearly, like, they're going to close the story on this. Are they closing the story on the Sammy Kevin versus the Usos? I mean, it's going to be hard to tell with the with them having both belts. But, you know, it's interesting to see. It seems like they're building up to Jey Uso to be, like, the new tribal chief or to challenge Roman eventually. So it's good that they stayed on that brand because it seems like the story is going that direction. Um, I was surprised that they brought up uh, Indy Hartwell and the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Women Tag Team Champions. It seems kind of weird that you would put the title belt on them and then bring them up. I don't know if they're going to continue the story or not. I don't really follow NXT um, since it switched to 2.0, but uh, that was interesting. Um, it was. I think that it's well deserved for Indy Hartwell. I think she's going to be an asset to the women's division, and hopefully they keep the tag team together so that they can keep like bringing you know in some people who are going to be tag teams, and then actually put some energy into the tag division. Um, the other thing I was surprised about was uh, that they separated the Mysterios. Um, not you know, it's it's not to say that like the story's kind of. It doesn't feel like the story's coming to an end, so I don't. I'm not too sure why they would have separated them. Um, I guess Ray's going to have you know his LWO moment going on for a while there, um, but uh, I feel like Dominic might be lacking without Ray to you know have heat with right now. But we'll see. He gets a lot of heat. It's 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 phenomenal. So um, it's good that they kept the Judgment Day together. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think like there's a lot of scenarios there that's kind of kind of interesting. A lot of stuff. It felt like a lot of stuff changed, but a lot of stuff stayed the same. Um, I'm kind of with you on the NXT tag titles, um, especially with uh, um, oh, what's her name, um, Alba Fire, and uh, with uh, the other the other girl because they just completely Isla started. Dawn. They've only been around. 
Isla Dawn. They've only been really starting for like two months. Uh, they were mostly notable singles wrestlers um, when they went through, but I think they really have something kind of interesting. And it's fun, kind of funny because I find that this theme of like this gothic come witch coven type thing is kind of happening in like all the brands like uh in a lot of professional wrestling like i mean if you look at the nwa they have a, a group called the hex that was the tag team champions for a long time and i feel that it's almost been a bit of a ripoff of them for 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 a go but those two girls can wrestle um they're absolutely unbelievable and uh it's good i was happy to see indy go through but i uh i almost wish that she could do her nxt like title match that she had um recently to to kind of redo because she kind of got injured during the match there's a couple spots with tiff stratton and with um oh my god with uh with roxy that just kind of really didn't work out with roxanne perez it just didn't really work out very well and a couple of blown spots it would have been nice to really have her title reign and really kind of go out on a high note um not to mention that people thought that she actually broke her ankle at one point in that match which is kind of crazy um I think for me, I think uh, having the OC and having uh, Styles go to SmackDown, I think is really good. I think it's going to open up, uh, potentially open up Gallows and Anderson to do some different work, maybe with the LWO, with some different groups that'll kind of really go. Um, I think a potential steal here, kind of like my Dark Horse pick, and uh, I love them in NXT, was basically pretty deadly going to SmackDown. Um, I think that gives so much, uh, like, it's almost like it just gives so much character and personality to the show that... Um, for me, when I went through it, I was looking at a lot of the raw stuff, and it's, it seems like there's a general lack of personality, and a lot of them went to Friday night, which is kind of going to be a good show. I, I personally think SmackDown is going to be a better show than Raw moving forward. Um, but uh, yeah, some of the free agents and stuff, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Chris, I'm exactly like you, Grayson Waller. I'm very surprised and um, that you would take somebody that's really kind of tried to have some high profile feuds has done everything he can to try and put himself over. And then you're going to let him sneak in the back door when you could have used him as a high pick. Um, mm. I think that's part of what needs to happen. I think the draft moving forward shouldn't really be about people moving back and forth. How do we graduate some of these guys from NXT to make sure that they're top picks so that when they do come in, it's kind of realistic to, what happens in like the NFL and, and, and the drafts that we have in major league baseball. Cause clearly it's trying to get some younger guys on the show. Right. So I don't know what you guys thoughts are on that, but I just find some of this, the, the moving around just gets bland, but uh, the hosts really uh, actually did great. I thought RVD was amazing. And I, I had a blast watching him and the pop that he had uh, doing his RVD thing. Right. Yeah. Like what, why don't, why aren't they, treating a draft like a draft is like taking somebody somebody from nxt as as a number one or number two pick right like that's what we look at in sports yeah so you have the younger guys who are going to be who you know have the potential to be movers and shakers why don't we pick them up top i mean like roman roman reigns is the obvious choice right to go first overall he's he's the yeah. champion but wouldn't it be more beneficial for a raw to have somebody who's going to be there over the long haul like who's going to be a young young guy that they can cultivate and i'm just looking at it in more of an actual sports um sports yeah. kind of focus here but it it does make sense right they're they even tried to get on when they were on fox and every like everything's really sports like it's it's actually sports related so why don't they kind of turn it into more of a sports thing where they take a younger pick and take them and run with them and say, we're going to build on this guy and he's going to be a homegrown talent that we take, we take all the way through. Josh, what yeah, do you think about I that? that? Yeah. No, I think so. I agree. Maybe they need some keepers 
you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, you do like fantasy and then you don't have to draft would, those guys. Keeper's idea would be fantastic if you had like, okay, Roman's my keeper. I have five guys. These are the guys I'm going to keep. Everybody else is up for grab, then do the draft. It, it, it just needs to be a different take on it. And I think it would have been awesome. Like, it's awesome to see if, uh, you know what, Raw comes out and you're saying, okay, Raw's first pick is, you know, Braun Breaker or whatever it is, or it's going to be, you know, Carmelo Hayes. And it, you know what? It felt like the guys that were coming in from NXT were like, okay. But they weren't really the main event guys. They were just kind of like, you know, some of these kind of mid-card things. Like Grayson Waller was just kind of coming into the main event scene. Um, I think he he main evented at least one of the last two um, big NXT shows. So, I mean, it's uh, it's just one of those things. But to have him sneak in in the back is almost criminal in my opinion. But speaking of potentially criminal... um. Kind of some odd rumors that kind of came around on the weekend. We were actually hearing about, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about CM Punk. Um, and uh, it's kind of this big, long-winded rumor where basically CM Punk ended up on a, a flight back to Chicago. Didn't realize there was a WWE event going on. <laughs> Saw some WWE stars on the plane and decided to show up backstage. Now, it's kind of an I- ironic thing because obviously there was the big lawsuit with CM Punk going on over there over his health and some of the doctors and, and everything that was going on. So um, CM Punk apparently allegedly shows up uh, at backstage at a WWE event, um, gets there, shakes hands with a couple people, and then apparently is immediately asked to leave by Vince McMahon or getting getting told by somebody else from Vince McMahon that CM Punk has to go. Now, Chris, it's kind of a, a weird story. I know we kind of ask just kind of back and forth what your thoughts are. Is it true? Is it not? But I mean, the story seems pretty legit because, I mean, it's funny because I think a lot of the wrestling, um, even Impact, came through Chicago recently. It seems like they're going through that Midwestern part or the, the mid part of the United States or that kind of Mideast part. And it seems like a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, so we did see CM Punk backstage at an Impact event recently. Um, we're assuming he's been backstage at an AW event. Um, and now we hear about this WWE event. I mean, really, like, um, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that the etiquette was followed by by really kicking him out? Do you think CM Punk did the wrong thing by going? What What are your thoughts about the whole the the whole rumor? I guess in general. Well, it's probably not a rumor at this point, but um, uh, I somebody had to let him in, so he had to get in somehow. So somebody either put in a good word for him or triple H let him in like somebody, somebody had to have that call to, to let him in. So I'm thinking if triple H did it, he did it, he did it, talked to him and then told Vince about it. They they were saying it was, they were saying it was fellow wrestlers that were on the plane. So nobody really said who was on the plane. We don't know which wrestler, but apparently it was a wrestler that let him in. I don't think it was trips, but um, they're saying that it was uh, like kind of some wrestler said, Oh yeah, I get just kind of let him go. And somebody's like, Oh, it's CM Punk. We'll just let him go. Yeah, so I so that's that's one thing I was thinking. Um the other thing that had me is that that's never usually been a CM Punk thing to do. So is he kind of now is he kind of showing is he showing everybody that he can actually maybe start doing business and and not kind of get into it on his own because he's never been one to be backstage anywhere else and we're hearing he's backstage at impact or it could just show how much he actually misses it realizes how much he missed it after he got a taste of it coming back and now basically he's he's gonna do whatever he has to do to get back into the business Josh, this one's for you. When you kind of look at CM Punk, he's kind of gone out. And I, I mean, uh, 
you know, when we started about when he kind of switched over to AEW, he said, oh, I'll never go back there. I'll never go back to WWE. I'll never do any of these things. And he was kind of really adamant about his kind of disdain for WWE in a way. I don't think about the wrestlers or anybody else there. But my question is, why? Um, what do you think about him actually going back? Do you think that's uh, something that he wouldn't have done probably two or three years ago? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's... It seems weird to me because it's like I wonder what goes through your head with like what he did with that company and to that company and vice versa. And then like why he thinks that he could just show up to an event and that would be fine. I'm not saying that it wouldn't. But like if you really had uh, he he had to know what he was doing because there's no way that he would think, you know, Vince is going to be in the building. I haven't talked to Vince in X amount of years and he's just going to be fine with me being there. I Whether or not he did it because he's you know, had an angle or anything like that. I don't think that's the case, but like he's a little aloof to the situation in my opinion. Like there's no way that you just, you know, show up from what I understand is he was, he was there to try to bury the hatchet with the Miz. So I think that like what happened is they walked through like a talent entrance and the talent is says like, this guy's with me and the guy doesn't recognize punk cause he kind of looks like a crackhead. Uh, you know, shaved his head and he's in town for the cage fury fighting championship or whatever it is. Right. Like it, it was, a, it sounds like it was a coincidence. Um, and then him going to impact it's, uh, from what I heard, he was invited by Monet uh, to, to watch Trinity Fatu wrestle or whatever her new name is. Um, so I think he always supported the people that he supported. Like, you know, he has a great relationship with FTR. So I'm not surprised that he wouldn't, he would have a great relationship with other wrestlers. Yeah, for sure. I think my take on it is is kind of leaning towards I think Punk's getting older and Punk wants to bury the hatchet with a lot of people. Um, I think he was kicked out. I, I don't necessarily think he was kicked out over um, kind of like a personal issue. I don't think there was a grudge against him for anything. I mean, it's been many years since it's happened, but I think the fact that he's a contracted, still contracted AEW wrestler had a fact with him not being there. And I think it's without, uh, you know what, I think in some cases, I mean, if you were, uh, we're not stupid. We know that there has been some AEW wrestlers like Britt Baker has been behind the scenes there. But I think in those cases, they were cleared, you know. So, like, I think when Adam Cole did his final stuff in NXT, there was actually, you saw Britt Baker was in the stands and they actually shot Britt Baker in, in one of the one of the shows. And I think the the reality is, is that she's completely cleared at that point. Like she was cleared to do it. I don't think Punk was in this scenario. I think Josh, you're right. He got snuck kind of through that entrance and then he's just there and everybody's like, holy fuck, what do we do? Like this wasn't <laughs> anything on the cards. Like we don't know Punk's coming. It's like, it's like, Chris, if you just randomly show up at my house and said, hey, buddy, I'm here for the weekend. <laughs> They're going to be like, uh, well, that'd be fine. Though. That'd be fine. It'd be a good time. <laughs> no, I mean, in this case, it would be fine. Like, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to send you off, but I mean, also I'm not the WWE, right? I'm in a multi-billion dollar corporation that, you know, could potentially have secrets that uh, an enemy could get. Right. So it sounds, uh, sounds interesting, but I think at this point, I think you're right. He does want to kind of go through, um, and you're right. He did support who we supported and with, uh, with impact. I think he did want to see some of the, uh, the WWE stars and maybe give, uh, Trinity, uh, some support um during her opening match there so it's kind of a kind of a unique take i think that's probably one of the biggest rumors we've had come through recently and just find it really funny because it's just it's like he that guy's all over the map so <laughs> um okay next topic so uh we're getting ready uh to uh puerto rico and getting ready for the bad bunny hosted while well, he's no longer the host he says he's no longer the host 
Chris is going to move his door that he has, his fancy door that he has. You know, basically kind of getting ready for uh, for Backlash and everything like that in Puerto Rico. Um, some people are looking at the card. They seem excited. Backlash is the most exciting pay-per-view in the world after, especially coming off of WrestleMania. But when you think of Backlash and you think of the actual card that's coming out, what do you think are some bangers that can be in there? Oh, besides our boy Omos, uh, that's going to be the banger of the night for sure. Um, no, I, I don't know. I kind of... It's pretty sad when I'm looking at the list of matches, and I think that EO Sky, Bianca de Belair might be the best match of the night. Um, not to say that the other matches aren't <laughs> going to be okay. Um, I think that, you know what, I, 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 I take that back. Uh, you know, the KO, Sammy, and Riddle match with the Bloodline probably is going to be the best match overall. But uh, I think that uh, the EO Sky and Bianca Belair match could be really good. EO Sky is amazing. So, like, if they let her go all out and Bianca does what she can, I think it could be a great match. Uh, I think there's, you know, a few flops um, or kind of weird matches. Just, you know, they're, they're putting matches in place just because of where it is. So, you know, Zelina Vega to fight Rhea Ripley is kind of weird because there's no buildup to the feud. I don't really get it, but, you know, Rhea Ripley's going to stomp her in the face and, you know, she'll get in a few couple hits like she will. But I, if, if Rhea Ripley loses, I would sell my house for a dollar. <laughs> it's like we were kind of saying last night when we were kind of talking about whatever it was. It's like, what are, what are the odds of Zelina Vega actually winning minus <laughs> she's plus one billion? <laughs> to basically win it. Like, I thought it was no minus 10,000 for Rhea Ripley. Whatever. Fuck. She's not, not even a chance. Rhea's going to Rhea's going to wreck house. But it, it's funny because I look at a couple of these things and Chris, all we're talking about really um, after your uh, your uh, your bio break there was uh, just the. Uh, um, the uh, the backlash card and just what your overall thoughts are. So Josh uh, Josh was kind of nay nay. Um, thought that a couple of the the uh, the things in there could have been like EO Sky versus Bianca Belair could have been uh, a match dealer for the night, um, along with a couple things. But what are your thoughts on the overall card itself for backlash this weekend? Uh, so my likes are probably going to be a little bit different. Um, I think the Zayn Owens Riddle versus Bloodline is going to be good, obviously. Um, I, to be honest, I've been really liking, I've been liking the Zane, Kevin Owens and the riddle storyline so far. I like keeping them together. I think what Josh alluded to of them being kind of split up the bloodline and Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens, uh, to, to separate brands is kind of putting an end to that story. So I guess maybe what we'll see here is kind of the bookend to it, to, because, there's just nowhere else to go if they're on different brands and if the expectation is that they wrestle on each brand. Um, the other one, okay. Okay, and hear me out here. Uh, I'm kind of liking... <laughs> I'm kind of liking... Okay. I'm kind of liking the Bunny versus Priest. I think I think it might surprise people because Bunny doesn't... He shows up. Like, he shows up to wrestle. I agree. And and how we don't know how much work he's put into it. We don't know how long he's known that he's going to be the host and how long he knows he's going to have a match and how long he's been training. So he could come back even better and I think Priest I think Priest is going to be able to if he has to, I think he might be able to carry him, carry him through a match and and I've never been huge on Priest. I think Priest is a little bit awkward in the ring. Uh just when I see him do his moves, they they don't look 
looks like it's trying really hard to it to do it it's not it doesn't look like a thing where it's just coming naturally to him or or it looks easy for him but um even the spanish stuff i like last night because you got to sell it to puerto rico and they did it but I, I mean he he gave it in a way where you know even though i didn't know what he was saying it was I, i'm like okay like he's you know he's passionate about it so to oh, me that's see gonna, see yeah so that's <laughs> That's I think I think Bunny and Priest is probably going to be um, I'm going to go out there and probably go against the grain and say that might be the one that surprises me the most. They're actually fighting yeah, to uh, headline, apparently. Uh, I don't think that's smart. If that's no. a headline match, that's just me. I think when you're looking at a lot of stuff, when you're coming down to it, I think there's a couple of really good matches. There's going to be a couple of surprise matches that are in there. And you know what? We're talking about, I think Cody and Brock, it could be a banger. And I think what's uh, going to end up happening is Cody's going to take a lot of punishment. And I think that's going to be, that's really going to be able to get him over. You want to talk hard times? I don't think it gets harder than bringing in a ring with Brock Lesnar and going to Suplex City numerous, numerous times. That's hard times. <laughs> so when we look at a lot of these other things, I agree with you guys both on the Sami Zayn. I think that Riddle, uh, Riddle, and uh, having that match in there is uh, is is kind of the the X factor in there for me. Um, one match that I think actually surprisingly might actually do well, kind of Chris like whoa, like the hear me out one here, is actually the U.S. title match. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Austin Theory. I never have been, but Theory's got Theory can go. But I think the key to this match is really Bronson Reed. And I think Bronson Reed, as, you know, a, a heavier guy, doesn't get a lot of credit for what he can do in the ring. And I honestly think that his skills are unreal. I think Triple H has seen something. We've all seen something with him. I love the stuff that he did with New Japan. He was a wrecking ball. Um, and I think, like, it's kind of just this X factor where you're going to kind of have, he's going to be able to pick up Theory and throw him around. He's not going to be able to do the same to Bobby Lashley. And if he does, it might be once or twice. I think like they're going to try and throw each other around. Theory probably does retain, which kind of spoils the match a little bit, in my opinion. But I think you could set something up with Lashley and Reed that kind of goes the distance. And we're kind of, we're obviously our podcast is called The Rub. It's perfect for Lashley to give the rub to Bronson Reed, as long as the feud goes really well for a few months. That's the way I look at it. So I'm not thrilled with all the matches in there. I, I think it'll be an all right show. Still going to watch it. But uh, Backlash is never really the case where it's super crazy. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping Bunny and Priest is good. They're friends. Priest is going to push Bunny to do well in that match. I don't necessarily think he has to carry him. I think, Chris, you're absolutely right. He looks a little bit awkward. But I think one of the things that we have to realize is that one of the knocks on... Um, on priest is that for me is that I believe that he was signed way too early and he was signed ridiculously early into his ROH career. Like we're talking one year he went undefeated and they put the title on him and he was signed to a WWE contract two weeks later. So, you know, it takes years to kind of override that stuff. So when he was punishment Martinez, that's really what happened. Then he ended up in NXT. So, um, you're not going to be able to go back now and probably fix that awkwardness. That's probably just going to be after something that you kind of develop when you go through. Right. But, um, I'm hoping the card's good. I'm, I'm just at best. I'm hoping it's a fun night just to kind of watch wrestling and have a good one and, uh, really see what happens from there. But, uh, it, it, I think it's a very unique card and it could either be really, really good, but I'm probably leaning toward it being uh, mediocre to not so great. <laughs> 
So uh, one of the big matches we talked about, we talked about Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Riddle going against the bloodline and the bloodline uh, not having Roman Reigns in it. It's uh, Uso, Uso and Sokoa. Um, you look at that match and we kind of talked about kind of some of the angles that would kind of happen from Kevin and from Sammy. We're kind of seeing a kind of this Kevin Owens as a second fiddle right now. Sammy is like, as Chris would like to say, he's white hot. Um, and Kevin's usually the one that's really the popular one in that group. And he's kind of taking a seat back and it's kind of changed the dichotomy a little bit. Josh, what do you think an angle could potentially happen here with, with Owens and Sammy? Do you foresee them like holding on to the titles a long time? Or do you, do you foresee potential angle happening here where there's a potential swerve or what do you think is going to happen with them and the tag team titles moving forward? Um, I mean, I, I think the, the, best way that they're going to the best way to go with this is that Sammy and Kevin are going to have to feud because you know that's that's huge huge uh like it, it'd be it'd be a wonderful work um and you know with them you know still holding both titles and the bloodline going to Smackdown I could feel like they're going to have to give up the Smackdown title eventually so they'll probably lose in some weird stipulation or they're gonna I, I don't know how you get them off of them but I feel like it kind of they're kind of playing it like where Riddle is kind of like a tag along and Sammy's like, it's okay, Kevin, and Kevin's just kind of putting up with Riddle. And eventually Kevin's gonna do something that, you know, pushes the the relationship apart. They're gonna lose, or, you know, it, I feel like Kevin's gonna attack Sammy because Sammy is white hot. Like it's it's gotta be not to say annoying for Kevin, but like I could imagine the character, he comes out first. He gets, you know, a, a mediocre to a, like a great pop. And then Sammy comes out and he gets a huge pop in the second song. And it's like, is it about us or is it about you? And so that could be the thing that, you know, happens. Um, I would love to see, you know, it take a long time for this angle to go, you know, like, you know, do the tag team, do it for a little while, but show them splitting up slowly but surely. And then like, you know, big, bring the storyline to an end at like WrestleMania next year. Because that's a story that could last a whole year. Because they're that good. I agree. They're so good on the mic. You know, if you give one of them a big spot that the other doesn't get in singles, because they're still singles wrestlers. So it's, there's, it's nothing to say that, like, Sammy or Kevin couldn't win, like, a Money in the Bank for something stupid or something like that that would, or, like, a King of the Ring. Something that you, you know, put on them that forces the breakup. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to really kind of see which way it's going to go. Chris, do you have a do you have a favorite plan here for this when you kind of look at this? Do you think that, like I, I, a lot of people are just going to say the swerve is coming um, eventually, but wh- where would you like to see it go? So um, I, I I also believe that's where we're going. Um, what I think is for them to do, we've seen it. We've seen it in ROH. We've seen it. We've seen it in other companies. We've seen them already in WWE face off against each other, be friends, feud against each other. Uh, the one thing that I think is special about these two and them being together is that they can put the emotion into it and they can make it believable. Even though we've seen it before, I, these two, like we've seen Sammy already, already do the bloodline thing. We know he's got it. And if we put them together, and it, yeah, it was. I was kind of back and forth on it because I was always thinking I've seen it before. But every time I think about those two, seeing those two together is is good TV. And every time I've seen it, I've loved it. So I think I think they're the two where um, 
I'm I'm with Josh there. I, I like a long like a long told story. Keeping that interesting would be good. And I I um I agree with Josh there. And and just to add on to that, I think that these two are two that could do it without without a title, like without an actual title on the line to do it. So yeah, again, agreeing with Josh, they're gonna have to get those belts off them eventually. Um, but yeah, I've uh I've. It's it's going to be good whatever way it goes because I think they'll make the best out of it either way. I think you got to look at a situation like that and, and kind of look at them both and say, in a way, um, to me, it's not them fighting for a title, and I agree with that. I don't think they need to have a title. The question is, how do we get it into a place? It's like, for me, it's where. And, you know, and that's really the answer to me. And Josh said, Josh brought up WrestleMania. I think for for anything, if you have a pay-per-view that's going to Montreal and like the next time that happens, that should be your headlining match. Like regardless, because you're going to have fans divided at that point. People are going to go crazy. People are going to like, you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have like, that's going to create a true heel, heel face moment all the way through. And uh, I agree with, with with everything we've watched. We've watched them fight. We've watched them fight so many times. And um, it doesn't mean that the matches are any less. But you got to try to give the fans something a little bit different here. We got to give them. It, it's not them fighting. It's where and how do they fight. And I think when you look at that, I'd love to see them fight in a pay-per-view in Montreal. I think it would be absolutely insane. Or anywhere in Quebec for that matter. But Montreal is like the city that you'd probably want to do it in if you went through it. So... Yeah, unique. There's going to be a lot of different ways this can go, so uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with it, and uh, time will tell. And again, it's it's kind of in, uh, integral uh, with Riddle as an X Factor right now, because I don't think Kevin Owens is too happy about him being there either. So, um, Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about AEW, but we'll, uh, we're going to kind of talk about um, uh, a debut that we actually saw going into the uh, Adam Cole-Chris Jericho segment. Um, and, uh, which was, um, surprisingly, believe it or not, the, uh, the debut of Roderick Strong on, on Dynamite last Wednesday. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Cole and Cole and Strong go way back from our, their ROH roots. They kind of grew up together in the wrestling business. They went through, they were part of the Undisputed Era in, um, in uh, NXT when they were signed with WWE along with uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Now, what really happens here is the reason we brought up this topic is that it's kind of unique in the sense that Roderick's wife um, also works at AEW in Marina Shafir. But the question becomes, where do you see this kind of going with this? Is this, is this a scenario where, cause we haven't seen Kyle O'Reilly in forever. We know Bobby fish is no longer in AEW as right now, or he's a free, like he's not contracted to AEW. Where do we see this, this going? Does this become like kind of a recreation of an undisputed era? Um, and if, and if so, is there a fourth member? Does fish actually come back? There's, there's a lot of like little kind of nuances here that they're leading towards something. But my question is, Chris, when you're thinking about this, um, is it, is this a, is this AW's new version of the undisputed era that's coming up? Could it be the undisputed era, I guess, without Bobby fish, but with Britt Baker, uh, I mean, that's, that's a new wrinkle, new wrinkle in the plot. Um, do they bring Bobby Fish back? I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think they had him and they they let him go. And we see with Kyle O'Reilly, even though he's hurt, he didn't get released, so he's still in the fold. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, if they're gonna bring Roderick in, it's he's he's definitely gonna side with he's definitely gonna side with uh, with Adam Cole just based on their history. So I think they'll they'll run something because I mean, the undisputed era is my favorite thing in wrestling for for quite some time. So any kind of iteration that I can see of that. And if they can bring back a song that's fairly close to that entrance music, I'll be I'll be super thrilled as well. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, Josh, I, I don't I, I don't know how much you know about Roderick Strong, and it's okay if you don't. Um, but um, when you're going through with uh, with Roddy, I, I, I'm pretty sure that you have seen him wrestle. Um, and if you've gone through it, um, he's very unique. He's somebody that's kind of always been the second man. Um. He wasn't really Mr. Personality in ROH. He didn't really have a big personality in WWE until he kind of went into Diamond Mine, and then it just kind of that just kind of fell apart too. Um, do 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 you see him making an impact with Cole as um, kind of as a partner, or do you see him kind of being like a, a second in command, like somebody that's going to kind of help Adam Cole get to the top? Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if I know enough about Roderick Strong to comment like that, but I think. This is kind of typical AEW. It seems like you know they're bringing in the guy for the single pop, and then they're gonna watch him flop for a little bit. I think I'm not sure. Hopefully they use him correctly, but it seems like they're bringing back a, a few guys that you know to bolster another main roster guy a little bit more. Um, I can I agree with Chris about NXT and the Undisputed Era. It was the best thing on TV, and I think that it, they had such an impact that they had to take it to take it apart because Vince couldn't you know have NXT be the best show out of the three. Um, I really enjoyed, I was actually like, that was the first thing that got me back into watching wrestling was watching NXT, uh, and the undisputed era. Um, so I think that they could feud with the JAS for sure. Like, obviously that's the way that they're setting up and it, like with Britt Baker, you know, being there, you know, that could be, you know, an intergender feud with, uh, uh what is it? Anna JAS is her name now. Um, but uh, I, you know, I like a swerve, so I would love it for Roderick Strong to turn on Adam Cole as soon as possible and give him some more hard times. And it would be, you know, fun to see, but like, I, I think that they'll be paired up for a while, but, uh, it, I don't know, hopefully he doesn't get buried. Like it's, I'm just kind of getting tired of AEW bringing in these guys and then miss and then not using them and they're bringing them in for the single pop and it's not, they're not getting good use out of a lot of these, like not like I would say like Adam Cole is like a top tier guy and then they're bringing in Roderick Strong not to say that he's not great but he can't carry that company and so like he's just going to be a supporting cast and he might just you know drift off into the irrelevancy I think the other thing is Cole F those guys before he left all of them when he left them in WWE and I think like in a, in a lot of the cases with that, it would be nice to see somebody kind of like Josh. I, I was kind of thinking about that too. Like, how do we keep this swerve going? But from, you know, uh, kind of a storyline that happened in another company. It'd be interesting if you kept that storyline going and then Roderick kind of turns on him at the end and then you can kind of do Roderick and Cole and then it's going to help solidify Cole as a face in a way. Um, I don't think Roderick's going to get lost um, in the shuffle, I think the 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 thing about Roddy Strong all the way through has been his wrestling ability. The challenge with Rod is can he get over with the fans? His wrestling ability does get over, but himself his personality doesn't. It's just he's just not he's not an actor. He's not he's not an Adam Cole. He's not a Shawn Michaels. He's not 
he doesn't give you that that believability that that emotional i i don't like if roderick strong gets his head kicked in i'm not going to feel bad that he gets his head kicked in it's like same as like you know there's got to be a reason for it and you know what i think one of the things that might actually kind of loosen him up is that you know what if you kind of do show his wife and his wife is really having a tough time getting over too because you know she's uh you know she's you know an eastern european ass kicker and so at the end of the day, she doesn't talk on a the mic. They've tried to get her in front of the mic. She's not great in front of the mic. And you know what? I think maybe putting them together at some point might actually help get them over in a way to kind of together, you know, kind of like Cole and, and Britt is. But I don't know how you would do that. But um, I think it's interesting moving forward. Um, it, it really makes me think of Kyle O'Reilly and how I miss Kyle O'Reilly kicking ass in the ring all the time. I'd love to see. I want to see O'Reilly and Danielson. Man, I just want to see them fight. And, uh, yeah, it'll be really cool to see what kind of goes on moving forward with that. Um, uh, we have pretty much, uh, two more topics to go. We'll do one more AEW topic and we'll try and keep this one short and sweet because it's, uh, you know, it's all about Jade Cargill and her matches are very, very short, but sweet. Um, we got, I don't even know. She's like 52 and oh, she's, you know, the AEW's Goldberg got that streak going, whatever it is. Question is, Chris, you have one female in that locker room or one free agent signing that you can bring in to try and beat Jade Cardkill. And I'd say on a pay-per-view, who is it and why and who do you think can do it? I think uh, I think that would be a good debut for Mercedes Monet at, at Wembley. I think that I think that would be um I had others in mind, but I think Josh might might want to talk about it. So I was <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but um, yeah, that's good because I, I only be... gave, I only gave I only gave you one. I didn't give you multiples. I only gave you one. Right, right. So yeah, I think I think that would be that would be a huge debut at Wembley, and I think in that case to have if Jade keeps it that long undefeated to have somebody like her come in and beat her. I think I think that would make sense. It has to be something big. Like you can't you can't mess this one up. If you've been running it this long, like you, you I just don't think you can mess it up. It it has to be something. There has to be a reason for her to lose. Like she's There's only dumb. there's only she's, been one TBS champion. She's been the only one. So you're right. You have to do it the right way. Now, so you got Mercedes Monet. Josh, who do you got? Who do you think could take down like if you're looking at a pay-per-view, pay-per-view big name event? Maybe it's just say Wembley. Who beats Jade Cargill? Oh, geez. See, I so I'm totally wrong then. If I'm if I'm thinking it, I'm I'm not thinking it in an appropriate way because I was thinking about current roster people. But I agree with Chris. Chris's take that it's got to be that big. But to be honest, like I I was contemplating back and forth. Britt Baker could probably be the one who takes it from Jade just because Britt's hot. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think they're going to go that way, though, because I feel like the Jamie Hayter feud's there. So my off-board, because I saw a recent uh, picture or video of her coming back from injury, Chris Statlander, off-board. She's in crazy shape. Uh, she's probably one of the best female wrestlers in AEW right now. If she stays healthy, I think that like she could beat Jay just in a physicality piece, and I think that's what kind of jade has been missing in competition not she's had a few matches with wrestlers who were you know as physically competent as her but 
they weren't selling them like that. That's for sure. I think that they could do it with Chris Atlander, but I don't know if she's got the character to do that. So I think I like Chris's take on it. I think that it's got to be big and maybe it's someone who's a surprise, but uh, you never know. Yeah, man, I kind of, as much as I keep thinking, I keep keep saying Mercedes Monet in my head right now that Chris said that, like the big one that I have that's never going to happen, but I really want it to happen is like Chris and Josh, pretty sure you know who this is, but like Chris, could you imagine out of nowhere that basically Awesome Kong's music hits and it just ends up being Awesome Kong and Jade Cargill? Like, think of the fucking boatload of money in that match if that actually happened, if you created a feud and, and basically Awesome Kong can still go in the ring. Like, it would be insane. It'd be absolutely insane. Because so you, mean, you want to talk... You mean yeah, the... You mean the laugh hits and then she she comes in? Oh, whatever. I mean, I don't even know the laugh hits, whatever it is, and just have Awesome Kong just and Jade Cargill kill each other for like 30 minutes. I don't know if Awesome Kong could last that long, but I think like I've seen Awesome Kong go like 15 minutes and she was actually like in decent shape to do it. Uh, but that'd be that'd be crazy to me. Like that was just a match, like a dream match that popped in my head. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to run with it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's 45. There's no way. I don't think she's in game shape. No, when she was in impact, she was like 38. And she was like, she was basically crippling Gail kill Kim every single week. Oh, I loved watching her destroy Gail Kim. I remember I would, she would be the reason to watch that show sometimes just because she was so overpowering. I don't disagree, but it's definitely, I think, I think another one that you can ultimately do an impact that would be interesting, um, but I wish that her she was stronger in the ring would have been Jordan Grace. I think that would have been something that's that's really big because like Jordan Grace is a massive bodybuilder. They're both bodybuilders, and it, it just I think they'd be able to go. And I think Josh should get your heavy hitting match at that point because they're gonna they're gonna fucking hit each other. But you know it's it's kind of tough to say. I think with the contract wise, Jordan Grace is kind of actually iffy on a contract, so I don't know if that's going to happen. It, it could potentially happen too. So that's a that's a dark horse for me. But it's going to be a it's going to be a you know a, what's a Jade Cargill match. That's not going to be great. <laughs> no, but I mean the money match. I think with Mercedes would be good. I think it's the problem with Jade is you have to prepare for a twenty minute match, and that's that's the difference. That's what that's what happens when you're a squash match artist, right? You're not ready for those twenty minute matches, and then when you go twenty minutes, you look like an asshole because you're not ready for them. Especially and that was the same thing that happened with Goldberg. Especially if you're still yeah, you're still green, you're still green, and you've you're just such a powerhouse, and you have such an image that like you your image alone like beats beats the opponent right so yeah i mean you do, she's unless she's unless she's working her ass off in the gym and she she does get better like still still yeah but she's not yeah it's tough it's tough when you when you put somebody like that who's green out there and you give them you give them this big streak I think also there's like a misconception about greenness, right? So like she's just so much bigger than everybody else and she and she hits people and she's not afraid to hit anybody. And then the problem is she hits somebody too hard and everybody's like, oh, she's green. She messed up. The, she messed it up. And, and the actuality is, well, who can stand and bang with her? Nobody can. So the bottom line is no matter what it looks like when she's wrestling, it's going to look like if she hurts somebody or kicks somebody in the face or something like that, or just tries to be kind of think of strong style. You try, she tries to do something strong style. They're going to say, Oh, she messed that up. Marks like us sit there and go, she fucked that up. She fucked that up. She fucked that up. She's green. 
But in actuality, she just needs to hit somebody because if she doesn't, she's going to look stupid for not hitting somebody, right? And that's Josh's pet peeve, <laughs> straight up, right? Am I, you can agree with that, right? Yeah, I, 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 I don't care if it looks sloppy if the end result is someone getting smashed. Because it looks bad when they're holding back. It looks worse when they're trying to hold back. And like, not saying that you shouldn't protect them, but if it looks like you're protecting them from the beginning of your move, it's done. I'm done. Done with you. Well, that's the whole point of wrestling, right? You want to, you want to protect somebody while making it look real. So yeah. And protect the craft while you're doing it. Right. Cause then you just look stupid if it looks going through. Now, speaking of something that we didn't think was stupid, but it's kind of like, Interesting when you kind of think of Roman Reigns 958-59 3,000-day title reign is our last topic of the evening is the new World Heavyweight Championship that Triple H says will be defended absolutely worldwide, which will be which means the Saudi Arabia shows anything that goes to India, anything that goes out, have a World Heavyweight Champion that's going to curl across the bits. Um, we've seen this before with the old WCW World Heavyweight Champion. This is a brand new belt. The design looked phenomenal when we looked at it. Um, and it, it's a really interesting concept. It goes back to, Josh, something you were saying on a previous podcast now where each brand is going to have their own champion and going to be able to defend. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of pros that come from this. Chris, what are your thoughts on the World Heavyweight Championship? Um, do you think it's a, a detriment? Do you think it kind of slights Roman Reigns and his reign that he had? Or do you think overall it's a great component for uh, for for the WWE? Uh, my take is that I like it. As soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw it, being an old school WCW fan, as soon as I saw the belt, it reminded me of that old that old World Championship, right? Um, I like it. I like splitting the belts up. I I. I don't know. You kind of look at it like, should Roman Reigns have just gotten the reign with both belts the whole way through? Now they're taking it away from him. Um, the one thing I don't want to see with that belt is I don't want to see Cody get it because I think it's I think it's a cop out, and I think it's I don't know. I, I just wouldn't be happy with Cody getting it. Um, I looked up some. I looked up a few things today, so. Dusty Dusty Rhodes was in the corner of Ron Simmons when he won it in '92, so maybe there is a little bit of relevancy there. Okay, it's it's possible. I, I don't know how much I, I'm going to look into that, but um, if you ask me who a good fit for it would be, um, and this is just like from watching, but uh, I'd say Balor would be a good fit. Um, I think he's. He's done a great job with Judgment Day. Uh, his Staples 14 is... I, I love that shirt. Um, I think, especially after he's gotten one title run with the Universal, and then, of course, the shoulder problem. So, to me, I think in a perfect world, I'd like to see... Uh, I'd like to see Finn Balor come out with it. Who is who he's going to wrestle? I haven't thought that much into it to to figure that out yet. Maybe on a future episode. But uh, Finn Balor is who I'd like to see hold that belt for the first time. Cool, Josh. What are your thoughts on the belt and how does that run? Do you think it's a good thing for uh, for Monday Night Raw to have the World Heavyweight Champion? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I agree with Chris. It's kind of a cop out um, to get. It seems like for me, it seems like. All roads lead to Cody Rhodes, uh, at least vying for this. Like I, I think that 
if there is uh, any clear person who's going to at least be in the picture, it's Cody Rhodes. Unfortunately, I think that it's probably going to be Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, which is kind of a story that's been played out already for me. Um, I think that Seth Rollins is going to be the one to win this title. He's quite hot right now. Seems like the biggest person on not the biggest person on Raw. Cody's probably the, played up as the biggest person on Raw, but I think that Seth has got a bigger pop than Cody. Um, so I could see that happening. But you know, my clear favorite for this is Omos. Omos. He is he is the one. If he beats Seth Rollins at uh, at uh, backlash, then you know he's his run is starting. Um, but since he's a free agent, he could also take it off a of Roman, and I'd be okay with that. Omos for the win. Um, but uh, you know, maybe a dark horse is uh, Dolph Ziggler on Raw. Let's pick Dolph Ziggler for the win. If he's on Raw, if he's not on Raw, then uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio. Oh, you know what I have the draft. <laughs> Let me see. If, did Ziggler even get picked? I don't even know. You'd have to go back and look. I didn't. I didn't see. Uh, I don't think he is a free agent. Oh, that. there we go. Well, so Dolph, Dolph Ziggler could for sure win it, along with Mustafa Ali, Von Wagner, and Amos. No Veer, no Veer Mahar though. He was he was drafted. Oh, well, he? we didn't even get yeah, to see he, who I think. Like I, I have a oh, dark horse oh, that I think should that. be here. No, it's okay. I mean, it happens. We're going through draft stuff, right? Now, I want you to think about the dark horse here, which is something that, you know what, a little outside the box, but we'll get him over to that main event level, is I think we need to put this on Gunther. I think you actually do that. That gives it kind of that European flavor, which kind of gives it that, that world kind of feeling to it. He's a workhorse in the ring. And you know what? Maybe you let him have it with the Intercontinental, and then he drops the Intercontinental after a while. Um you know, I, I don't think Finn Balor's a bad choice. I don't think um, anybody we lifted. I think it would be a cop out for Cody. The funny part about Cody, when we've actually gone through and talked about it, um, they actually said that Cody actually wants to kind of jump over to SmackDown and actually be the one that does take over Reigns. He actually said that in a tweet. I saw so that. I don't think it's going to happen now, but I think it's something where that's that's really where that's what he wants to do. So I don't know if uh, they're going to kind of exempt that or kind of do whatever it is. And that's where it kind of... When that stuff like that happens, it kind of defeats the purpose of having a draft, right? So, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think Gunter would be great for that title. Um, I think the title looks great. I think you need some new blood. We need to get some new people over. And I think if it's not going to be Gunter, I'd have to agree with with Seth. Seth is pretty, pretty, um, has probably waited a long time to try to come through and actually um, carry the brand. He's been a stable for the last few years, but never really got kind of his due since he's done the Shield stuff. So, but he's got, a, he's been in a lot of great matches and, and some of them he's been on, most of them he's been on the losing end, unfortunately. When's the so, uh, champion, when's that event that happens where they're going to be challenging for it? It's, I don't know if they said it was going to be Champions? Money in the Bank. I think it's Night of Champions. Night of Champions. Yeah, of you're Champions. right. You're right. Should have brought back King of the Ring for one night. Is that, and that's in Saudi Arabia. So that's, that's this month. Coming soon, yeah. May 27th. Oh. oh, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be hard to have anybody who's a surprise in the storyline. I feel like it's got to be a, like some of those top five guys, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and you can even put it on a vet, you know, like, uh, I don't know, uh, where did Edge end up? It was Edge. Did He's Edge up, up on SmackDown? 
Okay, then never mind. Um, they're probably going to put Edge with uh, what's-his-face anyways with Roman. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. And, I mean, you know what? If Cody gets it, then kind of is a cop-out. And it'll kind of make him look a little bit. I think it'll devalue him if he has it a little bit. And then you'll have to hope that the matches are going to bring it up. But I think at the end of it, guys, I think uh, I just want to say uh, we survived episode five. Yeah, we did. Uh, we don't have a video. It's not like Chris's door, which is just hanging by a thread. But uh, or I don't even know if that's hanging. I want to say it's leaning against the wall. <laughs> okay, I've got a new grind my gears for today. You got a new grind your gears? Go for it. When title, when championship uh, holders fight in a match and lose, like what? I don't understand how you, you have title a tag team match and, with the champions and they lose clean. And they don't lose the championship. What is this non-title shit? Like, you just beat the champions. So either have a real title match or don't have it at all. Yeah, I don't think it makes any sense to to have anybody beat a championship, like beat a champion clean, and then it doesn't make sense. You should be the champions. Yeah, it's like when you have... Go ahead. I think you just made a new segment. What what grinds Josh's gears? There you go. End of the end. End of the day. Every, end of episode. I'll uh, I'll have a new grinds my gears. Besides John Moxley stomps. <laughs> Anyways, you know where to find us. We said it at the beginning of the podcast. You can find us on all major outlets. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, just remember, if you want to send us some questions and you really like what you're hearing, please let us know. You can send us some kind words at the Rub Wrestling at Outlook dot com. Um, any final words, Chris? I got nothing. Got nothing. It's, Josh, uh, any any final words, Josh? Nope. Love you guys. All right, cool. So wherever you are in the world listening to this podcast, I'm going to say it as I always say it. We're going to end it the same way. I'm just going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We all bid you adieu. See you next week.